Warehousing is big business and getting bigger every year. Since 2010, the number of warehousing and storage businesses in the U.S. has grown steadily every year, from over 15,000 in 2010 to more than 20,000 in 2021, according to Statista, a provider of market and consumer data. Analysts say there are two main reasons for the increase in warehousing. One is the general improvement in the manufacturing sector after the Great Recession. Another reason is the continued growth of e-commerce in which consumers order products online and have come to expect rapid delivery. As the number of warehouses being built increases, so does the risk of warehouse fires. Advances in technology is helping companies pack more goods in ever larger distribution warehouses. This approach elevates the severity of warehouse fires. It's an issue that is costing businesses millions in losses and and forcing risk managers and insurance providers to take notice. Welcome to Future of Risk, presented by Zurich North America. I'm David Hilgen. Our guest today is Joffrey Michel, Head of Property, U.S. National Accounts for Zurich. Hi, Joffrey. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, David. appreciate you having me on today. You know, this has been a major trend that we've been talking about quite a bit, and it'll be nice to have a nice discussion on it. Great. So, so Joffrey, warehouse has been around as long as humans have needed to store their wares, uh, hundreds of years. It seems lately, however, that warehouses are popping up all over the place. I see new warehouses being built in my hometown and have watched as sprawling new buildings go up along the local interstate highways for years. But that doesn't necessarily explain the increase in fire risk. What's going on there? Warehouses, by their nature, are designed to store you know, a large amount of material or goods at a location that can be easily accessed and distributed, right? So they want to get their product mm-hmm. out. They need to put it somewhere and get it out. Yeah. However, due to the uh, demands of the e-commerce, everything's online, everybody's ordering online, they need to do this quick. And number two, due to the global supply chains that have been, you know, that have been constricted and hence we're mm-hmm. not getting supplies as quickly as we want to. People yeah. are building larger warehouses domestically to make sure that they can meet these deadlines as far as distribution and delivery, right? So in doing so, they're building more warehouses domestically here in the U.S. as well as other countries to make sure that they're closer to their delivery areas, whether it's a customer yeah. or someone's home or location. Yeah. So in doing so, they're trying to be faster. So how do they be faster? Well, they've got to try to automate as best they can. And that's why you're seeing a, a more advanced warehousing system that we've seen in the past. It's pretty amazing. I've, I've seen uh, some images of inside warehouses. It's incredible what they can cram into those things. Can you share any uh, recent examples of costly warehouse fires? Yeah, unfortunately, the last few years, we've had several uh, fires that have hit the headlines, especially in the, mm-hmm. in the insurance industry. You know, in 2022, we had two major fires. One was a 1.2 million square foot fulfillment warehouse at a major retailer. It took 350 firefighters and 30 agencies assisting in fighting that blaze. That was a large enough fire when they didn't even bother to reopen. And then in February 22, that same year, we had a fire document storage warehouse in Illinois that burned. Again, that was a smaller location, 250,000 square foot facility, but it burnt to the ground. It took two days to fully extinguish that fire. You know, at one point, they required... Basically, the required water to fight that fire was draining the municipality, the municipality water supply. 
again, not good situation. You know, in 2021, year before that, another couple major fires. One was the size of a city block in California that created uh, post-fire debris of basically two football fields. Wow. Also in 2021, there was a fire 1.2 million dollar square foot in North Carolina. It was a distribution center for a television shopping channel that was ranked the largest structure fire in the state's history. That's how large that was. And, you know, people order things from those television channels all the time. So we're seeing more and more of those. It took crews from a dozen departments in 10 days to battle that fire. And that's how crazy it's getting. Yeah, it sounds like it's a perfect storm of concentration of risk, not just the building itself, but all the contents inside and the technology right. as well. Right. So warehouses have changed considerably over the last 60 years. The new warehouses are larger. They cover up to 30 football fields sometimes and taller and packed tighter than ever before. They're now holding more volatile materials like plastics and aerosols and lithium ion batteries. And they're being built in rural areas where local firefighters may be less prepared to deal with a warehouse inferno. What are some of the other trends that are creating greater fire risk in warehouses? Yeah, I look at the stock. As you said, mm-hmm. it's getting it gets more complicated. It's got more gadgets and things of that sort. I think about when I open up the hood of the car. Sure. Back in the you know back in the 70s when I first bought my first car, you know you look at it and it was pretty easy. You had the engine, you had a carburetor, everything was right there. You had a lot of space in there to work. If you open up your car hood now, it's packed. It was yeah. pa- it's just packed with all computers, packed with wires, packed with everything you could think of. You can't get in there to work, right? That's what these that's that stuff's on the shelf in these warehouses now. It's packed tight with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So two things, you know, going on. Number one, you know, at a traditional warehouse, you know, back several years ago, you basically loaded things on a pallet and you stack pallets either in a stacked array or you put them into a rack storage system. Yeah. And the and what basically what automatic sprinkle protections were trying to do was if you had the adequate flue space, which is between the the actual uh, stacking array. Or an aisle where you have to, you know, ride and then, you know, lift the stock up and put it in the rack. Those were adequate to number one, allow a fire's heat to get up to the ceiling to activate yeah. the sprinkler system, mm-hmm. and then allow the water from the sprinkler system to come down through the racks and put out or suppress a fire, right? And yeah. really, the NFPA 13 standard installation of sprinkler systems is built around that kind of technology. You know, now with e-commerce and warehouses, which is basically we're trying to get things in quick, trying to get things out, we're we're basically condensing this. So everything's becoming really dense. We call it too tall, too dense, right? Because you got storage going higher and you got storage getting tighter together so that Mm -hmm. we have these robots that go in and automatically pick and pull things out, drop it on conveyor. Then that goes to distribution and finally gets pushed out the door. So when you do this, you eliminate your flues and you eliminate your aisle space. So now the big problem is that heat can't get up through that rack fast enough to activate the automatic sprinkler systems because it'll eventually get there, right? But your, yeah. your, your fire is so much bigger to finally activate it. Now when the sprinklers do activate, they're, they're way past their capacity. And now the water coming out of there just isn't enough to suppress that fire that basically started at the beginning. You can't yeah. get to the seat of the fire, right? Sure. So, you know, that's that's a big thing that's going on. 
and uh, and the other piece of it is because they're condensed like that they're dense is the firefighters you know when they show up so sprinklers are there to basically keep the fire under control the fire department shows up their job is to actually extinguish that fire but because these new warehouses are dense and they're very high 40 feet or above they can't get to the fires now so now they're basically trying to make sure that that fire doesn't get past the building so basically everything inside is gone as far as they're concerned because they can't go in and put out the seat of the fire so they have to sit back make sure that fire stays in that area so you're basically losing you know your warehouse almost 100 percent yeah well it sounds like density is good for business but it's bad for risk right exactly right so Joffre, you know where there's fire there's going to be smoke even if a warehouse fire is contained what impact can smoke damage have on the facility and its contents yeah you know that's another issue that we've ran into and we've seen a lot in these recent losses regarding warehouses as you know the liability of putting products out there that might have some kind of damage or flaw is very high you know and people don't want to take that liability so when smoke starts gathering in a warehouse you know, back in the day, you could look at product, clean it up, and then put it back on the shelf and you could send it out. You know, now it's like if that product gets touched with smoke, you know, technically it could be damaged, especially if it's a food material or if it's a material that absorbs smoke or, yeah. or it's a sterile environment that you can't have smoke. So now mm-hmm. the smoke itself, even though the fire might not be taking out a lot of product, the smoke touching other product basically goes up fills the whole warehouse you could lose that whole stock anyway because of the smoke itself and then the yeah. water discharge from the sprinkler system because the fire's bigger you got more water coming out hitting more product again we're you know having potential damage to that entire stock and again we're losing the entire warehouse even if the fire was controlled and was eventually extinguished in one part of it you might have taken out the whole warehouse from the smoke and the water from the sprinkler system yeah, that's true. That's true. Smoke can be just as damaging as fire sometimes. What are some of the things that warehouse owners can do then to reduce their fire risk? Well, the biggest thing is when you're designing a warehouse, you know, number yeah. one, make sure you contact a good engineering company who's who's basically well-versed in protection of that kind of uh, environment. Sure. Number two, talk to your insurance carrier risk engineers they can help you bring that uh, exposure to to the forefront to make sure that we're dealing with that situation mm-hmm. and hopefully you know and then they can help you design hey let's be careful not to go too high and let's be careful not to be too dense yeah you might lose a little efficiency but you're not going to lose your warehouse if you have an issue right and, and another big piece of it is build smaller warehouses away from each other so that you can do what you want to do in a smaller situation and make sure they're you know at least you know so many feet apart so you don't expose one building to another and try to do it in a much you know in a in a few warehouses versus one huge massive warehouse sure. again we might lose a little bit of efficiency but you're going to pick up you're going to gain that in sleep insurance that hey whatever something does happen you're not going to lose everything i mean those are a couple of things they can do to really help mitigate some of these very severe fire exposures. Now, Jeff, I've, I've heard of warehouses that use like low oxygen environments to reduce the the chance that a fire would break out because it, they're essentially robots doing all the picking up products. Have you uh, have you experienced any of that? Yeah, we we definitely look at that. It's something that's 
still being developed, but it's something that we think is promising that, yeah, me, you know, some of these computer areas, if you remember back in the computer storage data, you know, you yeah. use uh, at Halon, well, they can't use Halon anymore, but they use another more uh, or more environment friendly gas to basically saturate the area so that there's no oxygen for the fire to grow. Yeah. And then that, that same technology is being applied to these warehouses. But again, the warehouses are so massive, those systems are pretty large to be able to do something like that, yeah. right? So again, a smaller warehouse would help make that more viable, right? But that's yeah. definitely something is, how do we break the triangle of fire? You know, the fire, you got your fuel, you got your oxygen, you got your heat. How do you break yeah. one of those triangle sides to stop the fire? And one of them is to eliminate the oxygen. Interesting. Uh, finally, how does all this increased fire risk affect businesses' ability to obtain insurance coverage, it's, or what is known in the insurance industry as insurance capacity? Yeah, I think the challenge we have as an insurance company is, all right, you know, what kind of warehousing facilities do you have? And you look at your manufacturing, who they have warehouses, right? You look at retail, they have warehouses. Uh, you look at now, you look at healthcare because they have warehouses because they're distributing uh, pharmacies. Right. So we're seeing a lot of warehouses all over. So one of the things that we need to consider is, all right, how big do we anticipate that fire to get? And mm -hmm. if it reaches a certain probable maximum loss, we call it. So what do we think would really happen if we think that, you know, that number gets to a point where, you know, we just can't handle uh, a capacity load that high? You know, we'll work with our distribution partners and try to build a panel of insurers to help us do it in a large amount, you know, getting capacity added up with a large amount of us. And sure. sometimes that's not even enough, right? You might have yeah. to, you know, the insured might have to take some retention on themselves because these these numbers are just getting so big that it's just hard for us to handle. Is the insurance company, even when we go into the reinsurance area, we're still finding it hard to find capacity to fill these very large storage facilities. So again, another area of cost that could be saved, they did have alternative ways to build these warehouses. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, Jaffer, I want to thank you uh, for being our guest and sharing your insights about warehouse fire risk on the podcast. Well, I appappreciate you having me. You know these this is a huge trend. you know we've been looking at this for several years now. And we know that things are getting more advanced. We actually work with our insurers to say, hey, what else can we do to help you protect what you have? So we're constantly working with our customers who have these warehouses to find better ways to store and protect. So we will continue to do that. And it's, again, one of the big things you can do is just contact your carrier when you're building these types of structures to get the best information you can and best advice on how to do so. Excellent. Thank you. This has been Future of Risk, presented by Zurich North America. Future of Risk, presented by Zurich North America. If you like the show, we'd appreciate it if you left a comment or review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Let us know what you think at media at zurichna.com and join us next week.
The information in this audio recording was compiled from sources believed to be reliable for general information purposes and is intended for Zurich clients and business partners. The information contained here may be useful to you or your enterprise when developing your own policies and procedures. The policies and procedures applicable to your enterprise should take into account the specific circumstances of your business and business environment, which is beyond the capacity of this podcast. Any and all information provided is not intended to constitute advice of any nature and is specifically not legal advice, and accordingly, you should consult with your own legal counsel. We do not guarantee the accuracy of this information presented or any results and further assume no liability in connection with this recording and the information provided therein. Moreover, Zurich reminds you that the information provided cannot be assumed to contain every acceptable safety and compliance procedure or that additional procedures might not be appropriate under the circumstances. The subject matter of this recording is not tied to any specific insurance product, nor will adopting these policies and procedures ensure coverage under any insurance policy. We encourage listeners to seek additional information from credible sources. Thank you.